So I'm going to be continuing, um, that, well, I'm going to be finishing by God's grace today um, my um, series on the armor of God, suiting up and being ready um, in the context of um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18. I wonder if you could just pull that up for me. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18. So I'm going to just quickly run through and then we're going to deal with the last part. I've split it into three parts if um, you've not realized already or if you're just joining us and you haven't heard me minister. You can get the podcast and the preaches um, historically on our website. Okay, so they're on our website. If you go to CLF Medway, if you Google it, um, our website will come up and it will show you or send you to the link for the previous preaches. So I'm not going to go too much into it, um, but this was a series of three. I've split this scripture into three um, quite deliberately, really. Um, I really feel that this aspect of God's word um, is more than just about spiritual warfare. I believe it's, a, it's about our everyday. Okay, sometimes in the context of spiritual warfare, we only assert ourselves when we're fighting the enemy and we're deliberately going into territories or when we're praying in tongues and um, we're all together and it's, uh, I don't know, prayer night or something, that's when we go to war and that's when we kind of tend to think about the scripture. I, but I believe that this scripture is an everyday scripture. It, need, it applies to our lives in the everyday. Thanks very much. Bro. That's great. Um, in our everyday, that we need to be suited up and ready. And one of the things that I referred to um, really early on is us being like Tony Stark, the Iron Man. That at any second, at any position, we are able to be suited. And as you see with his evolution of the Iron Man suits, um, it moved from one aspect of, uh, 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 of clunkiness, so to speak, you know, as we begin and as we, we become Christians, one of the aspects that we look at is, is just that element of salvation. And Tony Stark's Iron Man suit was a, an element of salvation. He needed to stay alive. And that suit and that, um, the arc reactor, the thing at the center of his chest, was about his salvation at the time. And then as he progressed and as we progress through the whole Marvel series in terms of the Iron Man journey, it becomes more than just saving his life. And I believe as Christians, at the beginning when we come to the Lord, it's about our lives being saved. Um, Pastor Joseph used to call it fire insurance. He, he, became, he came to the Lord because he didn't want to burn in hellfire. But what happens in our transition, in our move, in the way we grow in terms of our transition and transformation of the mind is that it becomes more than just salvation. It moves to a place of continued development, continued worship, and continued life in the context of the Word of God. So I want to just continue through, but let's pray um, and let's ask the Lord really to speak to us, really to take the Word this morning and transfer it from just Logos not just Logos, but the Logos into the Rhema word so that it applies to you very personally. Father, thank you. I thank you for 
just the opportunity to be able to share your word in this manner. And like Paul in this scripture, I pray for your boldness. I pray for your strength. And I pray for your wisdom as I teach, as I preach through your Holy Spirit. Lord, this is nothing to do with me. This is all about you. And I acknowledge that and I declare that this morning. Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. Have your way in the life of those who are here with us and those who are with us online. Speak to them as the word is spoken. May it translate into real life application through the rhema of the word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, let's read that scripture. If we could turn to Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 18, and then um, I will continue. So it says this from verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of darkness, of the dark, of this dark world, and against, um, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet girded, um, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Amen, amen. Now, as I said, I, I, I've, I split this aspect of the scripture into three, and we looked at the beginning about the aspects of the armor of God and the, the aspects of needing to stand against the enemy. So taking a stand was the main theme um, and thinking. And then we looked at also in the first aspect of things, just the first three elements of the armor of God. And those elements are those ready elements. You know, when we talk about the army, when you watch all the army films, when you think about Tony Stark, he's always ready. His uh, uh, arc reactor, the thing that he taps, the thing that activates the Iron Man suit, is always with him. And the three aspects of the armor in this scripture at the beginning is, is our call to be always ready. So when it says to put on the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and be fitted with the readiness of the gospel, these aspects are almost like the underlayer 
um, or the, 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 the aspects of, 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 of the armor that you have to be always constantly wearing. One thing about the army is this, that they are never on duty if they're in civilian clothes. When they're in civilian clothes, it's very rare that they're on duty. However, when they're in their fatigues, they're always ready for battle. They're always in combat. And it's very rare for you to see um, people on the army base. So whenever they're on, the, on base, they're always ready. They're always in their kit. Um, it's only when they come outside, if they're not in an active war zone, that um, they don't wear their army fatigue. So we are called to constantly be ready. Then we looked at the aspect of righteousness in the second bit and how important the act of being righteous, being holy, being clear, being able to stand and being in right standing in terms of kingdom um, is in order to be battle ready. You see, if sin is lingering, if things are in your heart that stops you from being able to battle the wiles of the enemy, then you're in trouble. You see, the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. And sometimes we think it's about us being physically vulnerable, and it's nothing to do with that. It's actually to do with sin. It's actually to do with our stand, standing point. It's actually to do with how we are standing in the context of kingdom. Are there issues in our lives that stops us from moving forward in the context of the kingdom? Are there things that we are doing which stops us from moving in accordance to the word of God? If so, we need to move into righteousness. We need to move from one state into another. And God calls us to that. And then when we're in that state, we then look at the active, the action parts, the, 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 the weapons of our warfare in the next part, the three aspects which talk, call us to stand firm again. Standing firm is such a, an important part of it. And it says in, from verse 16, in addition to this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the enemy. You see, when you're not in right standing, it's hard to hold up that shield. That shield becomes very heavy. You become weary. You're unable to manage, um, to dodge or to, to shield yourself. Or is, if the impacts come in, you can't bear that shield very well. And with your feet fitted, oh, I'm in the wrong place from 16, there you go, extinguish the flames of the, of the evil one. Then 17, take the helmet of salvation. So important, the helmet of salvation. You see, I love the advert that John Mark did where it talks um, in terms of the Bible studies. You know, Bible studies are so important. They give us the standpoint and the baseline for who we are and allow us to move in wisdom according to God's word. There's an aspect on it where the Orthodox Jew, they tie the box to the head. I've totally forgotten what it's called. Um, and who's doing GCSE religious studies here? Guys, what's, what's the, the box that um, the Jewish guys put on, on their head with a scripture in there? Can anybody remember? Hey, guys, next week. It's youth next week. I'm going to ask you. You better find out. You better find out, okay? So they literally, so, and it was an interpretation of the gospel, um, of the word of God in the Old Testament, where God said they must place the word of God on their head 
So much so that it will be imprinted in their mind. That as they walk around dependent on the scriptures that they're learning, the scriptures that they're meditating on, the scriptures that they're being mindful of, it's almost like it will sink in to their minds and into their bodies. So the gospel, this scripture calls us with the helmet of salvation to be wary, to be conscious, to be deliberate about the word of God in our lives. Because the word of God is what encourages us and what pulls us and what moves us into the elements of salvation. And then it talks about the sword of the spirit. Now, the sword of the spirit is the word of God, right? Do we agree? The sword of the spirit is the word of God. But what is the context that makes it even more special? The fact that the Holy Spirit brings life to that word so that it can apply to our lives. You see, the reason why he doesn't talk about the word and the helmet being that aspect because it's about us learning. It's about us gaining wisdom. It's about us gaining understanding. But you see, he gave us the comforter who is the spirit of God. And the spirit brings life. And life comes what? Understanding an ability to use that weapon in appropriate standing. You see, this, this whole thing about the armor of God isn't for us to be just, wow, isn't that a cool analogy? Isn't that cool? Wow, the, the Roman army were walking around and Paul just used it as an analogy. This is application for us to grow in the context of the word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God applied through the Holy Spirit to allow us to defeat our enemies, to allow us to know how to chop, how to cut, how to gut, how to take off the head of the enemy. And we can only do that with the Spirit of the Lord. We can't do that in our own stand. If we could, what's the point of Jesus coming and dying? What's the point of God sending his Son and then the Holy Spirit? There was no point because we'll be able to do it in our own stead. That wasn't God's plan. God's plan from the, from the beginning for what was for us to walk in unity with him, to fellowship with him, to worship him. And in order to defeat the enemy, he gave us the sword of the spirit in order to defeat the enemy when it matters. And it says, which is the word of God? Better remember, the context of the spirit being the main thing. Sometimes I, I like to see it like this, you know. I love, I love fantasy. I love sci-fi. I can watch it all day, all night. Repeats after repeats after repeats. And when I think about this, the sword of the spirit, I and I think actually in the Bible, and I, I'm, I'm, don't quote me, right? I think in the, bio, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, it talks about the word of God being like a flaming sword. Am I right? John Mark, you might help me. You can't remember either. Yeah. In Revelation, yes. Yes. And I love that because I love all those films, you know, in, in, in I don't know, I'm sure in, um, oh, I can't even remember, Conan the Barbarian, he gets this, this flint, he gets this massive sword and he just cling, cling, and then the sword just flames up. And I think about it like that, that the word of God is the sword. It's able to chop through stuff. But when the spirit is applied, king, king, vroom. The flame of the Spirit comes, and it, it just has a different dynamic. It has a different application, and it becomes even more deadly than 
it seems without the flames. Anyway, moving on swiftly, and I know time is running, I'll get excited. But <laughs> from verse 18, and that's where we're focusing on today, it says this, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Amen. So we're going to focus on that aspect. Um, and I hope, you know, if you, if you haven't quite got what I've said, please do go back um, to the series. All the series are, are on our podcast. But I want to emphasize this aspect because it's really important. And very often when we talk about the armor of God, we forget this last part. And it's so vital and very imperative. We get excited about the breastplate and the belt of truth and all that. But you know what? This aspect and this application, um, the, the importance of applying this aspect to it, um, makes it all become real. Because remember, the breastplate, all those aspects are just tools. But you see, in order for us to bring up, to uh, uh, evoke in some sense the Holy Spirit, we need to pray. And it's only through prayer that activation of those weapons are done. It's like Tony Stark. When he taps his chest and activates Jarvis, that's when the suit comes into full effect. That's when it can really perform at its optimum. So, the emphasis on prayer and being alert is the key factor to the last part of what I want to preach. And in verse 18, as we've just looked, it states that we must, we must pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Now, it seems like a suggestion. And when I was looking through this and, and reading some of the commentaries, it talked about the essence of standing um, in the Greek, meaning being alert. And, and that standing where we look at it before in the previous part of the scripture, it says, stand and then stand firm. Now, these are commands. Okay, these are commands to be sure and to be steady and to be ready at all times. And when you apply it with the aspects of prayer, where it says to be alert, to pray and to be alert, it then moves into a different realm and dynamic. So let's break this down. Praying is an act. Praying is an act. Now, I don't know about you. I, I love to pray, right? I love to pray, but I don't do conventional. And, and Tola, I'm glad she's not here because she'll be looking at me sternly. Tola is a prayer warrior, all right? Tola can pray every day, all day, for about 20 hours, right? Now, that's not my thing. I look at her and I think, oh, Lord, how does she do it? And then from time to time, you know, sometimes in marriage, anyway, married people, you know, she'll look at me and say, babe, babe, do you want to pray? And I'm like, but we just prayed 10 minutes ago. But I feel something in my spirit. And I'm like, maybe the Lord's telling you. And then I get convicted and I'm like, all right. 
okay, let's pray. And then she'll pray into something. Then I'll start praying and I'll feel the spirit. You know, I, I don't shake like that, but, you know, that's just for me to think. And then I'll think, oh, wow, that was powerful. And these are not long prayers, you know. She does like 50 minutes, half an hour at a time. Sometimes she'll be in the middle of cooking and she'll be, babe, can you just look after this? And then I'm, I'm just going, well, I said, where are you going? I'm, I'm going next door. I just need to pray. And I don't understand. Sometimes I don't get it. Sometimes I think, oh, Lord, am I not that spiritual? What's going on? How come the spirit doesn't, you know? Now, the Bible says we have all sorts of giftings. We have all sorts of things in terms of the spirit. Some are called to be preachers. Some are called to be teachers. Tola's called to pray. Hey, she's powerful in prayer. And I, I can, you know, it's great. And to be honest, it's in her DNA. Her mom, if you, if, if you know my mother-in-law, she's a powerful woman. She's a prayer warrior. Now, this aspect calls us to pray. And one of the things that I struggle with is that, that discipline of timed prayer. Now, when I'm out and about, when I'm going to work, I can pray all day. It's really funny. You know, when we call fasting, I love it. Well, I don't like the fasting part, but I like the praying part because I'm not bound, you know? So when I'm walking down the street and I'm fasting, and I'm on my way to my next appointment, the Holy Spirit just seems to activate, and it call, he calls me to pray in different circumstances. And because it's, it's, I love to be outside, I love the outdoors. So when I'm outside, I feel like I'm in tune with God. So that's my thing. So when I'm at work, when I'm walking to appointments, when I'm in my car, I'm praying constantly. I'll be praying, I'll be put on the YouTube, it's not very good, but I'll put it on, I won't watch it because I know the songs now, but you know, you get the worship and you're in the thing, then I'll stop and then my mind, I'll be thinking about something, then the Lord will bring me to remember something, then I'll pray into it, then I'll pray for work. By the time I get to work and I'm going down the ramp, then I'm like, right, Father, just bless me as I go to work. You know, that's my aspect of prayer. That's how I do it. I, I'm not like Tola, who's very disciplined. I mean, she, she does, like me, is very spontaneous. But she's very good at being disciplined around certain aspects. You know, she'll wake up in the middle of the night responding to the Holy Spirit. Me, I'm out. I'm snoring. It's not happening. I find the 5 a.m. prayer difficult. Where's Marcia? I thank God for you. Sharing my Saturdays. You know, I find it difficult, but the Bible calls us to pray. It calls us to pray. So it must be important. And it's important for all sorts of things. But it's not this. It's not a religious act of doing something at the last minute for God to respond to you. It's more than that. I'll come to that a bit later. But it also calls us in this scripture, Paul calls us to stay alert. Now, as a principle, with regards to this topic and the acts of prayer, being alert is very, very important. Why? Because of this. Being alert is being vigilant. Being alert is being observant. Now, in the context of the armor of God, it makes so much sense. Sometimes we read it out of context thinking, oh, yeah, and it says be alert. Remember, we're, we're in the army. When you think of it in the context of a consistent and constant battle, 
And that's why this scripture can't just be applied to spiritual warfare. It has to be applied to everything we do. It can't be just for a situation. It has to be applied for everything because we are constantly at a place of battling. Listen, that scripture that says we must crucify the old man daily sits well with this scripture because we consistently battle in order to see ourselves moving from one state of glory into another. And this aspect of being alert talks into that. So being alert is being aware when the devil is tempting you. Guys, when you're at school and people all around you are swearing and you're thinking, oh man, let me just, you know, I just want to be in with these guys. Mate, I've been there, trust me. I I know what it's like. It's just like a little F there and a a little what? She's a B-I-T-C-H. You know, easy. It's easily done when you're not thinking. And these are the aspects that call us to crucify the old man daily, because if we are walking in God, we can't, in the context of righteousness, and remember, in the first part of this preach, it talked about how we must remain holy and righteous. It doesn't stand. It leaves us open to the fiery darts of the enemy. When we're at work, and our boss or a colleague is doing our nut, and we're praying, and then Julie comes over. Oh, Oliver, I saw what so-and-so did. That's liberties. Are you going to take that? No, she shouldn't be there. And he's like, you know what? You're right, you know. Yet sometimes I feel like I should slap her up. She don't know what she's doing. And then you just start backbiting. It's easily done because you found an ally who's like noticed. These things are easily done, but they cause you to lose the essence of righteousness and right standing. It makes your armor vulnerable. Be vigilant. Be aware. One of my biggest issues when I was younger, should I say this? One of my biggest issues when I was younger was um, chocolate, right? I used to love, I don't like chocolate that much now. I used to love chocolate. So my mum used to send me to Unit 6. We used to call it Unit 6. It was a shop and um, they had their newspapers at the bottom, and the sweets were all along. Like, it, they were, it was like, you see, these four chairs, it was just full of chocolates. Then underneath were the penny sweets. So my dad used to send me, Olu, go and buy me West Africa magazine. Do you remember West Africa magazine? I'm old. So I used to go, yes, my opportunity. So I'll get the West Africa magazine, I'll pop it on top of Boost. Boost was the chocolate of the day. It was new then, and it was, you know, packed with proteins, and I was doing my power lifting. So I'll pop it on. Poof. Then I'll pay. Then I'll, once I put it on, I'll pick it up with my thumb. I'll pick up one Boost, and then hold it like this and walk out of the shop. Never got caught. Jesus. 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 Mate, yeah, that was my biggest weakness. I used to teeth. You've got to be vigilant. The devil, every time I heard West Africa magazine, it was a trigger. Yes, boost. Because my parents weren't giving me 20 pence to go and buy a boost. It was 20 pence in those days. Weren't giving me 20 pence, you know. So it's like, yes, I'm on it. 
Listen, we've got to be vigilant. Young people, you've got to be vigilant. It's so easy. You know, you're playing basketball, you're playing football. Guys just, he's just in your face every minute. It's so easy just to, little extra chop, you know, and just walk off. Oh, sorry, for, sorry, sorry. You're feeling good because you've given them a good chop. Or in basketball, you just uh, give them a good old side, side barge. The ref calls, oh, charging for you. like, what, what? Your, your coach is saying, what, what? You're not looking, ref. You're feeling good because you know you've given it, but you've got a little pain, but it's all right. You've got it in. We've got to stay vigilant. The vigilance is about how the enemy tempts us. The other aspect of being vigilant is this. We have to look out for our brothers and sisters. When you see people fighting in our community, within our church, don't look there and say, oh man, so-and-so's bad man, you know. Then you phone them, I saw what what's the name did. Nah. The Bible calls us to pray for them. When we see brothers and sisters who are married, having conflict, and we're... You know, you know, the deep breath in, rah, that's a bit deep, boy. We've got to pray for them. Don't judge. All these things are ways the enemy gets his claws in. It says he seeks to devour. He seeks to disrupt. Again, stand firm. What does that mean? Stand, this essence of standing firm is so key to praying and being vigilant. Let's go to Philippians 4, verse 6. If you guys, are you guys able to bring that out? Philippians 4, verse 6. We know this scripture. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, when we look at the Greek context of this. This is the aspect of petitioning. This is the aspect of standing firm because when you petition God, excuse me, when you petition God, you don't stop. The Bible says that Jesus petitions on our behalf continuously. He's before the throne room petitioning God on our behalf. We must stand firm. We must be alert and we must pray. So, when we look at the scripture and we go on, it talks about all types of prayer. Now, when I first looked at this, I thought, what's that? Prayer is prayer. It can't be many types of prayer. Now, we've looked at some already in the context of how we should pray. But I love the fact that God calls us to all types of prayer. So, we've looked at supplication and petitioning. We've looked at aspects of praying in the context of saving our lives and asking God to protect us and stand for us. But I think um, where God, uh, where Jesus teaches disciples to pray, he breaks down, and I love this when I saw this, he breaks it down. So um, is, is it Matthew 6? If you could just pull up Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9, I think it is. I didn't put this in. 
Is it there? Ah, thank you. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now the Lord prayer gives us a helpful outline of the different kinds of prayers. So that aspect where it says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, it points us to this. Father, we worship you. Father, we praise you. And we continue to pray into the glory of God. That's one aspect of prayer. Let's continue. So the first bit of that talks about worship. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. This points to what? Mission, evangelism, your kingdom come. Lord, we will preach your word because we believe we need your kingdom here on earth. It calls us to evangelism. It calls us to mission. It calls us to discipleship. It calls us to follow and do what Christ did and be an example. Next bit. Give us this day our daily bread. Listen, God wants us to want from him. This calls us into personal prayer for our daily needs. Okay? Next bit. And forgive us our debts as we forgive, we have forgiven our debtors. Now, when we come into Christ, we become new creations. And this aspect calls into play the aspects where we understand our fragility as human beings. And it calls and it talks about us confessing our sins and praying for others uh, in, our, in relationships that we're in. And the next bit, do not... And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, this aspect is around holiness, both for others and ourselves. These prayers, these aspects, these things show us the different ways that we can pray, the different aspects and different types of prayer. And that's just one scripture. For us, there are many, there are many needs. We've talked about some. Father, help us to build our community. Help us to be our brother's keeper. Help us to see the things that cause us to go wrong. Father, help me to be a better person, a wise person. All these aspects are different ways of praying, different ways of us giving to the Lord, as well as that continued aspect of worship. Just moving on, point three, and time is going. Oh my gosh, time is gone. Okay, so pray at all time. Now, I said to you, I find this aspect hard. How does Paul expect us to be praying every minute? But I say to you this, it's not about praying at all times. It's not about praying every minute. It's about being consistent, specific, and deliberate about praying. Listen, 
I said before, I'm not very disciplined in the context of prayer. But I understand the need. I understand the complexity and the reasons in to why we need to pray continually. Guys, I want to encourage you. Pray consistently. It doesn't matter about the length of time. Make it a discipline. Learn to become disciplined in every aspect, wherever you are, in terms of the need to pray. Because that is putting on the full armor of God. Not just being aware of the different aspects, but being full. Listen, I'm going to leave it there. And maybe it's finished, but uh, maybe I'll do prayer as my next topic. But I want to invite John Mark to come back. Let me just pray. Father, I just pray, Lord, in this context that we have learned something and that, Father, in the name of Jesus, you will help us to understand the necessity, the importance of being vigilant, being attentive, praying in the name of Jesus. Help us as we move through this week and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.